All right, we're going to talk about music copyright here for a minute. And, you know, I mean, this has been an issue for, I don't know, forever, really. And we've seen some pretty high-profile things. But you take a look at what's coming down the pipe in the world of music. And, I mean, we've heard about AI. Now, a lot of people say AI is going to blow the doors off this and make it worse. But we're going to talk about an interesting development here where maybe AI is going to put an end to this. Maybe, possibly, I don't know. But Alan Cross uh, is going to join us and have a bit of a chat about what's going on with music copyrights in the brave new world of such. He's a music historian, of course, host of the ongoing history of new music. Alan, thank you so much for joining us. Always appreciate your time. Oh, this is a very interesting it little, um, I don't even know what to call it. Let's call it a legal experiment. Okay, fair enough. Now, before we get to that experiment, which I think is pretty fascinating, and I, I don't know how it's going to play out, but when we talk about copywriting music, we're going, basically, since the first person ever published music, there's been fights over who gets paid for it, right? Yeah, so Gutenberg invents the uh, printing press in the 15th century, and from there on in, everybody has been arguing about who has the right to copy, which is what copyright is, the works of other people. And it doesn't matter whether it's a painting, whether it's a book, whether it's music, anything. Who has the right to copy this intellectual property that's owned by a specific person or, or people? And over the years, this has been, copyright has actually been a foundation of a lot of democratic law in the Western world uh, since Gutenberg. And uh, for a while, certain people were granted favors, uh, sometimes by the Pope, sometimes by the king. And these people would have exclusive rights to copy, uh, and in this particular case, music yeah. that was brought into the country. And, and that went on for a while. And some, a couple of people whose names we've all forgotten became incredibly rich on the backs of the intellectual property created by other people. Starting in the late 19th century, there were a number of international conventions that set down standards for copyright around the world. And these have been generally followed with updates over the course of the last 150 years or so. But we've still really never really nailed down how to protect copyright because there were so many ways that you can pirate material. Sure. And Alan, you take a look at where it's gone now and of course we're all familiar with the big cases in court and basically we've got to the point now where one artist claims um you stole that from me i i invented that and i want money from ed sheeran who the list goes on right yeah and now and originally copyright had to do with printed material. exactly uh it could be anything from sheet music to piano rolls and player pianos but when we get into audio recordings that adds, adds another layer of complexity to it and then we get to the digital world, where it's really, really, really easy to copy and transmit something that's not yours. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's one aspect. The other aspect of it is uh, there are 110 million songs available on all the streaming music services. And that's only just a fraction of all the music that's ever been created in the history of humanity. And if you are a young person today, the chances of you having heard a song from 1953, for example, is pretty remote. Yeah. So maybe you're in your room and you come up with an idea that feels good, sounds good, and you claim it as your own. But then somebody says, no, 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 kid. That melody has already been taken 
by this artist from 1953. I'm sorry you didn't know about it, but these are the rules. So that young kid who discovered this melodic combination on his or her own is now, you know, labeled a plagiarist, which is completely unfair because, you know, there are only 12 notes in the Western scale. There are only so many ways that you can put these notes together in a pleasing way. So duplication, with so many people making music all over the world, duplication is inevitable. It's it's the whole Shakespeare infinite number of monkeys yes. uh, thing, right? There's so no question. Now, I mean, okay. Now, this takes us to the next point, because like you say, there's an infinite number of combinations. There's only so many things you could do now for, for a human to sit down and catalog them all. Probably an impossibility to get done over the course of a lifetime. But now with AI, you can do it in a couple of minutes, right? And some guys have done it, haven't they? They've gone and created every possible combination of those 12 notes you mentioned. This, this, is, the, this is the legal experiment. So, like I said, there is a finite number of ways to put music together and uh, notes together in a pleasing way. Uh, for a human being to do this would have been very, very, well, would have been impossible. So these two guys who have been observing all these different plagiarism and copyright infringement suits involving Marvin Gaye and Ed Sheeran and Katy Perry and Led Zeppelin and it goes on and on, all these these cases that we've that have been in the news over the last five or ten years. What they did was create a, a program that put together every possible combination of notes into an eight-note melody. And they let the program run until they had 68 million, (laughs) I think that's the number, 68 million eight-note melodies. And the program stopped after 68 million because there were no more. They had actually played out how many notes could be put into this order in, in any kind of way to create a melody. They then copyrighted all those eight-note melodies, meaning that they own them. Then they released everything into the public domain, which means everyone has access. Okay. So they they were thinking here, okay, if we own all the melodies ever that are possible in our universe, and then made them copyrighted, and then made them available to everyone for free, no charge, what kind of an impact is this going to have on all these copyright infringement cases? And uh, one of the guys that's been going around doing TEDx talks about this. It's all been very intriguing. Now, none of this has ever has been tested in court yet, but it is just a matter of time before someone says, okay, you're accusing me of plagiarizing something. Um, no, I'm just using this material that's in the public domain created by an algorithm, created by these two guys who are looking to thwart these very types of legal cases. It's interesting. But is that not only going to deal with newly created melodies, if there are some out there? Because, I mean, still at this point, if if Alan Cross and Shake Adam get together and come up with a tune, and somebody who wrote a song in the 1930s, their family come along and says, hey, you, you stole that. We still can be accused of... St- I mean, it doesn't eliminate that problem of existing music, does it? No, it doesn't. However, it it, it does provide something that you could compare to um, with with any sort of new composition, and uh, you know it's it's something that would would certainly mess up a judge, mess up a, a prosecution, mess up a jury. It, it'll be interesting to see where this all goes, uh, because there there are so many of these cases that are happening right now. Um, 
the copyright system, especially in the United States, is really badly broken. And you have a lot of these ambulance-chasing lawyers who uh, look for an artist from, you know, the past who had some kind of a hit. And then, you know, maybe there's a little bit of sonic similarity to something that came out today and was a, a major, major hit. So these a lawyer will go back to the old artist and say, hey, you know, you, you wrote something back in 1974, and it sounds an awful lot like this new song released in 2023. I think what we should do is launch a lawsuit against the composer of the contemporary song right. and see if we can shake him down for some money. Exactly. Songwriting credits. It's it's an industry almost at this point, right? Yeah, because they yeah. know, and, and Ed Sheeran talked about this. A lot of these big artists, it's like I won't be bothered. Here's a hundred grand, go away, leave me alone. He actually went to court and said, "You're not going to shake me down this time. I've had enough of it." But I think there's that avenue of you know, most of these guys will just write you a check to make this stop. Yes, and a lot of this goes on in the background. We don't really hear yeah. much about it. I'll give you an example of something that happened in the background that uh, almost nobody knows about. Uh, Radiohead has a big song called Creep sure. from their yeah. debut album, 1993. But somebody somewhere noticed that uh, the, there were melodic similarities between Creep and the 1972 song, The Air That I Breathe from the Hollies. Okay. And lawyers got together and, you know what, you're right. We, we didn't know, we didn't intend to offend or, or steal or anything. Uh, you got us, and uh, now a couple of members of the Hollies have songwriting credits on Creep by Radiohead. Didn't the Stones do that with Katie Lang? Constant craving, and I can't remember which Rolling Stones. They, Katie's they, people got a hold of Mick and Keith, and they said, yeah, you're right. We didn't know the song, but you're right. It's, it's an absolute copy. So I think Katie Lang now has a writing credit on a Stones hit. Yes, she does. It was uh, in 1988, um, and, and, you know, good for her. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, you know, the Rolling Stones would, would appreciate this because they were originally an R&B band sure. who were Cover band. inspiration from a lot of old R&B records. Yeah. And they know that, uh, you know, inspiration and plagiarism are very, very, <laughs> you know, close cousins. You're absolutely right. I, I don't know if it'll ever, you know, be put to rest completely, but it's always interesting to follow along and uh, we're glad you're there to help us. Thank you, Alan.